0: Our community is those who are like you, the creators, the, the business professionals. It's really the new work attire of, of modern work. That's that's who's wearing our clothing. It's 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 they're always on when they're wearing our clothes shirts. So always on to me means that like, no matter what you're doing, you're ready to go. You're literally always on. And so, you know, when we were launching, when we launched the the slogan, always on, we wanted to somewhat find a way to explain it through other stories and make it more of a, like pick a, pick a creator and explain how they're always on and what, and what their profession was and, and, in hopes that it inspires uh, our customers when, when they're about in their day, whether it's a tech company or a podcast host or an entrepreneur or a coffee shop baller or a surf shop person. We want them to feel like, okay, cuts. When I put cuts on, I'm always on.
1: Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to It's the Bearded Man podcast with your favorite, the world's favorite bearded man, Bob Bay. Today, special guest, He was guest for episode 103 of Purpose in the Youth podcast. That was October of 2018 for any of the OG Bearded Man followers. He's the founder of Cuts, the premium men's apparel that you all should be wearing. If you see me on IG, I guarantee you 110% of the time it is in Cuts. If there is anyone in this world that I think of when I hear, put in the reps, it is this man today on the podcast, Steven Borelli. Let's go, baby. I'm Let's happy to be here. Let's go. Stoked. Dude, three years since that first podcast. You came out to the Valley. You're probably like, where the hell am I going? You were a one-man team with cuts. I mean, both of us just completely separate lives to where we are today. But yeah. honestly, man, like watching the growth from you from afar, it has been- Nothing but motivation and fire inside of me because I just see how passionate you are about cuts. It's incredible. Just going. Thanks, bro. Yeah,
0: it full was speed. Full speed. Yeah, yeah, I think I think back to that uh, that first that first meeting in, in in around Hawthorne at your last spot in Sun Valley, uh, Sun, Valley. Uh, Sun Valley, Sun Valley, yeah. Sun Valley. The second spot I had was Hawthorne, Hawthorne, yeah, yeah. Sun Valley. We, we've that's had right. we've had multiple spots. <laughs> okay. And uh, I remember like you know all we really wanted was at the time just to to have an office, have employees, you know, be able to order food for everyone at lunch. Like those little things is what the dream was. And, and now like, you know, we're, our, uh, we went, you know, seven to 26 employees in the last year, Ex- like new office. Uh, it's been, it's been a crazy, a uh, crazy 12 months to say the least seven to
1: 26, even in the middle of a pandemic
0: in the thick of it <laughs> oh my all word. remote for the mo- for the most part. Yeah.
1: That's gotta be a struggle with that growth. Just like try. I mean, we were just talking about before, like onboarding and trying to to hire people that quickly. I, I I'm just super curious. Like you figure three years is a, is a long time. And it's so obvious to me that the passion has just, if anything, it's only grown within mm-hmm. you. So what's, what's allowed for that passion to stick around for so long because so many times people start something they give up within six months maybe a year they're not seeing the results that they want and to see somebody like you really see it through it speaks a lot about you but what has allowed you to continuously show up day to day even as i'm sure there were tons of hurdles and hiccups along even in just that past three years
0: yeah i think one of the big things is when we created the business you know back uh in in 2015 the vision was never for like uh who Steven Borelli? Who I was in that day it was always for my future self, mm. and the brands really—the brand was really created not for a 25-year-old demo, it was really 35 and 40-year-olds, and that's like how mm. we've uh, approached it. And I and I only say that because I see a lot of uh, other founder buddies of mine that they they created brands around a lot of a, a large part of what, how their life was when they started it. So right out of school, mm. um, and then as they get older. And the brand develops, it becomes irrelevant to them. It's mm. something that they're not really passionate about anymore. And I, I you know, don't want to give myself all the credit that I thought, like, I didn't necessarily th- thought that through from day one. But uh, when I think about why the, the passion has been there, is because uh, I feel like, you know, it's still something that I'm super re- super passionate about in terms of, like, the brand aesthetic and where the brand goes and the people that I could connect with are people that I uh, still, you know, want to, want to be a part of. And, um, and I feel like cuts is really just, just getting started.
1: Yeah. And it's, you know, it's interesting. I was even thinking about it when I was like sitting down to kind of prep for this podcast and, uh, a big tagline that you guys used to use was the only shirt worth wearing. And it's not, it's no longer just a shirt, you know, yeah. like it's, it's the hoodie, it's the mask, it's, uh, these, these one-off Friday drops that yeah. you guys have been doing. I think that also just speaks to kind of what you were just saying of like, along that, but just also just this big, big grand picture that you're not going to get there in two years. You're not going to get there in five. You're not going to get there in 10. This is something that you you could be doing for the rest of your life Yeah, absolutely. as different product ideas roll. And uh, as growth happens, like this, the, the possibility is endless and the, it doesn't feel like there's ever going to be the moment of like, all right, we did everything we said we wanted to do. Now it's Let's move on to something else, you know, definitely.
0: Yeah. I mean, our tagline went from, we're the only shirt worth wearing to, we're here to outfit the world's most ambitious people. Mm. Um, and you know, when we started the brand, we, uh, we were, uh, born out of wanting to do one thing. Great part, a lot, a large part of it was we didn't have a big team and we didn't want to put too much on our plate and we want to be known for something. And we, and I, and I still, to this day, believe that was a a large part of our success because, People didn't associate it with, with too many things. They're like, oh, that shirt company, they make amazing products. Like That was our goal from day one. We, we have to have people saying we make amazing products. And then now um, when, when we think bigger and we want to have a bigger umbrella about the products that we can come out with, what ambitious people wear in their daily life now, and that's who we're here to outfit. Mm. So that's kind of how that bigger vision is. Um and kind of the transition of of where the brand was and where we're going,
1: dude. I mean, you have every professional athlete wearing (laughs) cuts. And any person that was in the bubble, I was like, cuts, cuts, cuts. Any, I mean, not even just the bubble of NBA, but I mean, just every professional player that I've seen on my my feed, waiting for Tom Brady to to get his cut shirt. But I'm I'm hopeful it's gonna happen at some point.
0: Uh, you see Gronk.
1: I didn't see oh, you know what? I did see Gronk. So we, we did get some Patriot affiliate, even though he's not with them no more. But uh that's massive too.
0: Yeah, we had Gronk. Uh Gronk in the Super Bowl. He walked into the Super Bowl wearing. Guns.
1: Oh, I think I must have seen that. Yeah, I yeah. must have seen that. No big deal. Quick. Could- <laughs> uh
0: he loves him. He actually uh in the in the post uh in the celebration, he was like holding the trophy. So we have we have all this amazing content of him mm-hmm. just like uh, like kind of like jumping around <laughs> with the trophy with our shirt on. It's pretty epic.
1: That's, that's amazing. What, what is the, you, you said earlier, 20, 26 employees. Yep. Right. I, like I just told you before we hopped on this podcast, I vividly remember going to visit you on that Saturday in Marina Del Rey at your, we work, it was a one man office. I think the next weekend you said you were going to be upgrading within we work. You're getting like the three person yep. uh, office because you were bringing in some employees, but to see you go from that one person in that we work to now 26, what's the characteristic within you that's allowed that to happen? Definitely. I think uh,
0: one, and this is going to be maybe a little cliche, but really having a big vision. Even back then, my vision was, hey, we're going to be a billion-dollar brand. I used to say it to you mm. when we were you know, a $2 million brand. I was like, hey, we're going to be a billion-dollar brand one day. And when you do that, it allows your mind to open up to – to new challenges and allows you to, to grow with the business. Um, you you know, I've realized because I've had that big vision, I've realized, okay, Steven, you, you're going to have to hire some really talented people. If that's, if that's the greater vision, you're going to need to hire. We hired, um, this gal named Lisa. She worked at Nike for seven years, then figs and Eddie Bauer. She's, she's been around the block and she's going to install that, uh, excellence into, um, into our brand. And so I've, by thinking big, it, it just puts me in a position to go like, you know, how does Nike, like, you know, how would Nike approach this certain situation? That's how cuts has to adopt it. You know, Gymshark, what are they doing that, to, that has allowed them explosive growth? Um, and, and, and really having a curious mindset towards that. I see, you know, even, even some of our employees, it takes a little bit of training to be like, you know, it's not that we're cop, we'll never copy pr- people, but there's a lot it to create a billion dollar brand. All the, the blueprint is out there. If you just listen and ask the right questions, mm. um, from a production standpoint, you can, you can on, on Lulu's site, you can really look at how they've methodically thought about how they go about, uh, creating products in terms of community. You can look like you can look at brands like whoop or, or, uh, um, Gymshark and, and, and deconstruct how they've had success and, and apply it to how it fits you. Yes. It's not exactly the same, but you, you take, uh, those lessons from those bigger brands and apply it to yours. And, um, If you do that at scale and you're thinking like that all day and then apply it to your team, you can really have crazy success.
1: Mm. It sounds like too, when you were talking about, I think her name was Lisa had the previous experience with Nike and all these other brands. What it also sounds like is you're strategically putting yourself around players that know what you need next or that are experts in a certain area of the business where I think a lot of people are scared to be in a room with people that are smarter than than them or have the answers that they don't have. When in reality, the best thing that you can do Mm -hmm. is surround yourself with those experts, which I'm imagining if you're at 26 now, you're surrounded by 26 individuals that are expert in their craft that really are fine tuned can bring, you know, something to the table that maybe is not your area of expertise, or it almost, I feel like allows you to be in that sweet spot where now you're surrounded by people that have genuine interest in wanting to grow cuts, but also have a skill set they can offer to you, which is going to help you elevate the brand, help the growth, and it builds that you know team effort to get everybody on on board towards the the goal of building a billion dollar brand.
0: Definitely, yeah. I mean, most of the employees we have are 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 smarter than me, um, more talented in their individual fields. Mm-hmm. Uh, we have a saying. uh, Uh, best ideas win, so Mm. it's not uh there's no pride involved of uh you know hey steven just because i've started the business i've been here the longest uh there's definitely people that have suggestions or uh or 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 visions for the
1: for their individual departments that i don't have and i let them run with it Mm. i feel like that's the beauty of that sweet spot because i like i was telling you before i was 23 at liquid iv you're at 26 that's that sweet spot where everybody's voice is being heard there's you know it's it's growing, but it's also like you're not. Ar- your arms reach from the head of marketing, or you know, the head of supply chain. Your arms reach from almost every single person, which allows you to have that easy flow of uh of communication. Definitely. What's um what's been one of the biggest challenges that you've had to face as a CEO and founder, and what has it taught you? The biggest challenge. So I think it's 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 usually year
0: by year. Like there's there's obviously different as the the business goes from two to 10 and, and then the, and so on and so forth the there, there's different things that the the business um you know gets gets more difficult but i think speaking in the most relative standpoint when we grew from seven to 25 employees this year i think just maintaining that culture mm-hmm. I, I mean especially with covid where we were work from home most of the year like establishing you know, when it was five guys in a room, it was easy to have culture because we all knew what was going on. The, the The thoughts in your head were often spoken to everyone, and you know, you did everything together. So there was a, there was often a, it was very easy to have let everyone know what the clear vision was. Now, when you grow, you have twenty seven to twenty six employees. There's people that just inherently don't Mm. understand the vision and then you can somewhat get upset with them when you're like, okay, that's, that's not the way we do it. Mm. And just really installing the processes to teach culture, teach, teach who we are as a brand, how we go about things. Um, you know, it needs to be repetitive, uh, methodical and, you know, frequent. Mm. Um, because if, if you don't do it, you know, in that in that process, you know, you're just gonna people are gonna fall through the cracks.
1: Is it tough bringing in? I know uh, one of your old roommates, Ethan, works for you now. Yeah, and so I would imagine that can go one of two ways. You can bring in one of your closest friends, and business runs great. You guys can have both the relationship, you know, in office hours where we're here to do business, and then outside we're here to be friends. But then there also can be that that place where it just doesn't work for some people. I would imagine it's probably worked great for you guys from what I've seen from outside looking in.
0: Yeah, I mean, uh Ethan Ethan wasn't just like a, 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 a sl- like a random friend. He he had experience in e-commerce at totally. movement watches and Not downplaying Ethan. Not downplaying. Yeah, Ethan. Yeah, 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 not downplaying. Yeah, yeah. Respect He's more than respect, respect but but to my I, guy Ethan. <laughs> but he, totally. He's uh he's still a friend. Yeah. Uh, and f- sometimes friends in business don't always, but you know, we he had actually wanted to work for Cuts y- years before, but I always was for for that reason was like, "Hey man, like I just I, do, I worry about this, you know?" Mm. Uh, we already had a couple friends in the business from the early, early days. And I thought, Hey, maybe one more isn't what we need. Uh, but then, so we, we were hiring like a director, a brand, someone who could run the community team. Ethan happened to have experience at movement running their influencer program. And at that point we had, we actually had interviewed about eight people for the job. Didn't really like, there was no home runs. There's a few people that we liked, but no home runs. And then we're like, you know what, let's just interview Ethan to see how he stacks up and go about this like if he wasn't a friend. So he said, hey, Ethan, we want you to interview. He interviewed with me. He interviewed with a couple, like just, just like everyone else. We actually put him through probably a more strenuous interview process. And then I actually was like, hey, guys, like you make the decision. Like mm. I want you to tell me who the best candidate is out of these nine people that now that we've interviewed, you pick. And they all picked Ethan. And it, it, it was really good during COVID because I think it would have been hard in that role, like director of brand to expect someone to lead the brand you know with, with just coming in during a pandemic it would have been really tough ethan you know he had seen the brand over the years he he didn't need a huge like lesson on who what mm-hmm. cuts was he just knew it so i think in that specific role it was like a lightning in a bottle mm-hmm. um and cuts was still young enough where like it's common in that small of brands when you're you know seven, twelve, to 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 hire from your friend group or your extended friend group so i think it worked i think now with a little more procedures it, it like a, a good friend might not work because they would be a couple you know layers low ethan's totally. in, in leadership so i can yeah. really lean on him and trust so i think uh in that respect it's worked really well hasn't come without you know the the <laughs> the, the arguments but he he when he steps in that building I'm his boss and I think he's he goes about it the right way he yeah. voices his concern when he has a passion towards a objective or a vision of his uh which I love and so he he's he's gone about it in a fantastic way
1: yeah that's that's great because as he's living with you as you're building it or, you,
0: and we're not roommates anymore at the time yeah, sorry
1: yeah. at the time when you were building it he was he was still with movement he, you're you're probably his sound you're the soundboard yeah, or, excuse soundboard. me he's your soundboard because yeah, you're totally. the one man team you you come home at the end of the long day of work and he's you're telling Whoa. him everything we're going through. I, I actually have to give him more credits
0: due. Part of that soundboard, he created he came up with the only shirt worth
1: wearing. Wow. Yeah. So wow. we were in there one day
0: and I was struggling. Like I had to drive like all the way from This went OC when you're when your manufacturer was down there. Yeah, yeah. I had to like drive back. And it was like long, long days. Like and I would have the shirts in my car. Like going to our DC was a little night nightmare. And uh i remember he would be like hey man like you know he was a great sounding board and one day we were like because i was like hey maybe we call it the world's best shirt and he's like no you want to say it without saying it so like the only shirt worth wearing is essentially saying that without saying it yeah so that's kind of how we came up with it and they were like wow
1: let's go (laughs) let's go let's go surprise that wasn't the tagline yeah yeah cuts let's go oh that's funny um I'm curious, like, especially as a CEO of a successful company, rapidly growing, a lot of probably inbounds coming to you, a lot of emails. How, how do you stay focused in the day-to-day? Because there's clearly so much to do, so much that you want this brand to become. So how do you just focus on the 24 hours ahead of you and not get caught up about the next product that's rolling out in six months? Or, you know, especially with manufacturing, I would imagine you guys are – 12, Planning. 14, 12, 18 months out. Oh, yeah. Oh yeah. Whole. Oh, see this. Is like, we're, we're
0: on August of 22
1: now <laughs> right now. Yeah. <laughs> oh, my God. So how, how do you focus in the day to day? Are there any, anything that helps you like stay dialed in?
0: That's a great question. I still feel like I'm uh, sometimes scattered, but, uh, um, you know, some of the little things I do when I get in, I clear my Im- Im- inbox. I star the ones that are appropriate. I try to limit my inbox time, and one thing I do every single day is I have a whiteboard in my office and I just write. I just start writing on the board because, you know, you can get overwhelmed with all the things you need to do in your Im- inbox. Mm. And even though the prior day, the, the whiteboard's full, I have to rewrite it every day. Really? Yeah. So the whiteboard will be full of all the stuff I need to do. And then, you know, throughout the day, I'll cross things off and things like that. But then the next day, I erase it and then uh, write it again. And I think something, something about that, like it puts it very tangible in your, in your mind of what you need to do mm. versus like, if it, it, like putting it on paper, just, it just matters. But if I, if, if I'm just looking at it from the prior day, yeah. it doesn't have the same effect. Like I can actually get it done.
1: So when you're writing it down, it's almost like reminding yourself, like, this is what, need, this is the priority. This mm-hmm. is what needs to get. And, done. and it
0: makes it almost like, okay, you can actually get that done today you know, Mm. versus like, if it's just a list, like I, I went through a phase where I would print out, you know, everything. And it just wasn't the same, like something about just getting it, like physically writing it, uh, allows me to, you know, get things. And I would say one of the things I, I do with the team is like, when you grow a team, a lot of the times people can be, have these grandiose visions. I think one of the things that we've really learned this last year is like, you can do a lot, but not a lot has actual value. It actually works. And sometimes if you're not really looking at the numbers to say, okay, did this have value to our business? Or are we just doing a lot of stuff? Mm. It's something we've overcome really well. And I think the best businesses in the world definitely go through this. When they start to scale is you can, you can fill your time with being busy and doing a lot, but it's not really impactful to the business. And during COVID, Um, we've, we've got really, uh, you know, we, we've installed OKRs to our business, which is Mm. huge. Uh, you know, it allows the whole team to understand what, 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 why we're asking everyone to do this and produces faster uh, value to us. So, um, you know, this year we've, we've really focused on like, you know, measuring what matters.
1: Yeah. It's very easy to get caught up in kind of, you know, answering all the emails that aren't moving the needle where your time is so precious that those emails can always get answered. Obviously, like you said, you prioritize the, the the emails that need to get the response, whether it's internally, probably or something, you know, that's at the top of the funnel that needs to get answered. But uh, yeah, I mean, you have to find ways to prioritize something that I learned from Liquid IV is our rocks and our sand. And so your rocks are these high priorities. Yeah, it's great. It literally like puts everything into perspective where you know, I keep a running to do list of all the things that need to get done. And I just reshift and reallocate them as things pop up or as you know, things become more of a priority. But um, I think that's the key is, you know, me answering these emails right now, is this going to really move the needle? Not so much. But me focusing on Q2 planning or, you know, trying to find ways to hit my targets, that's going to that's going to be more impactful on what I do on a day to day than me just responding to this email about some business opportunity that it doesn't actually make sense.
0: Yeah. I think w- one thing I try to do is only think like super big vision right now. Mm. I think oftentimes I, when I get like my team's great, they do their job. They're, they're, they're focused on, um, the day to day and not, not to say that I, I don't go down on the weeds, but the, the more I can think 12, hey. 24 months out, uh, the more the more we're gonna be prepared when those days come yeah versus if I'm always thinking in the day and there's not that leadership at the top thinking in advance then we're not gonna be ready when those months come come around so yeah um, it's it's uh you know because you know there's only so much you can do intra month to have more success you know you can't really work harder necessarily to have more success in that intra month but if you plan three six twelve eighteen months out and allow and allow, yourself to be creative and let it sit for a little bit and talk about it and be methodical about it. One, you can, you can launch things or processes in place. I mean, the list goes on of all the th- things you can do when you're thinking more long-term and you can allow things to develop much more efficiently. And, uh, we, have really seen that. And I'm, I'm really excited for cuts as, you know, 12, 18, 24 months comes out, all the stuff we've been planning mm. and, Slicing and dicing is, is gonna come to fruition and uh I think the customers are really gonna be excited about some of the stuff we're we're about to about to come out with. Yeah,
1: that's exciting, man, because it, it really is <clears throat> puts a lot of things into just like perspective on you know, it's weird. I can really, I can't do this with every guest where I can compare and contrast, but mm-hmm. literally three years ago, you weren't able to do that. You weren't yeah. able to spend that time. You maybe, maybe you had like one day of the month on a Sunday yeah. where I was like, this is my big picture Sunday. I have to think big. And then tomorrow I got to worry about sending out the orders and worrying about this fire. And, but yeah. you're now in a, in a spot which allows you to just think big, and go big and plan strategically and give yourself that space and time to let things marinate where back in the day when you probably just getting started, it's like you didn't have time to plan this far in advance because you were worried about just making enough business to get to the next month and to pay totally. next month bills. So I think, um, yeah, then, I mean, I think that's awesome. That,
0: that was, that was a phase I'd ever want to do again. But yeah, like in, 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 you know, when last we talked, it was like, all right, I had a big list that I had to do today. And I just had to get those things done. And then the next day there was a big list and it was hard to, um, you know, we we were during that phase you really knew what you needed to do. Yeah. But then I would say that middle phase where like the year we didn't see each other, Mm. we, we did get distracted because we didn't have a structure in place with OKRs to truly measure all the things we're doing. We're like, okay, now we have bigger budgets. Let's start doing this or that. And this crazy shoot, let's spend 60 K on it. But is, is there actual value there and having a system in place to measure that value? And I think not that we spent crazy money on things we shouldn't, but, um, now we have a process to, to, to measure these different initiatives that we want to do, um, in a, in a much more efficient manner. So, um, and and it allows us to scale faster because we understand what actually works, not just a bunch of, we're doing a bunch of stuff and our business is growing. So all of it must be good. (laughs) Now we're realizing, okay, (laughs) What's really, actually working? Yeah. There's like three <laughs> of those 10 things that are really, everything else is fluff. Yeah. But if you don't have a system in place, you can easily think all 10 things. And especially when the business is going well, Yeah. it appears, oh wow, all things 10 is working. But it's really three. So during COVID, we really honed in on what was working and it allowed us to be more profitable, allowed us to grow much, much more efficiently and double down on the things that are doing well. Like I always say, I think our community teams could be growing could could grow drastically because we've really seen a lot of success with just our community team. So that's one of the big focuses for us. And, and it makes sense. Like people talk about, ask me, Hey Steven, you know, what's one advice you would give a young brand? I, and I always say just focus on the community people and put real relationship building um, tasks into whoever's running that uh, because uh, over the long run, that's what a brand is. It's a brand is, is the relationships you make with your, Uh, you know, your influencers, or your creators, your customers, and trying to bring that humanized as much as you can is how you'll have longevity. Like, I mean, if you look at Nike, not all their stuff, like I got hokas today, Mm. not all their stuff is, is, I mean, I think it's great products. Is it world-class products or very specialty? There's a debate there, but why people love them is everyone feels like they have a relationship with Nike through the stories that they tell. And so they can even sacrifice on margin a little bit or and have not as good a product or not a specialty products uh because their community is so strong so i mean obviously you need to have a good product if you're going to sell things but um you know community is what's going to like take take cuts to a billion
1: yeah it's the story behind the logo behind Mm -hmm. that feeling of wearing that brand whether it's cuts whether it's nike uh yeah, when I think of wearing something Nike related, I think of like the, every piece of content I've ever seen. It's it's more about that store story of just do it literally, you yeah. know. Um, but just to echo what you had said earlier, it's like that's part of the learning part of business in life is throwing a bunch of ideas at the wall. You know, the ten ideas yeah. and finding out really three of them are only the ones that are working. Mm-hmm. It's also like that's part of the game of life, right? Yeah. Whether it's you're in the game of business or whatever you're trying to do, throwing all these ideas at the wall, seeing what sticks not only what do you enjoy, but then also what's actually working for the business, what's bringing in green. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think that's just part of the process. And now once you went through that testing trial period of figuring out what's working for the company, what's not, now you just triple down on those three things and now it's like fucking rocket ship, you know? Yeah. But the content, you guys have been ab—I mean, absolutely crushing it. I mean, just like the way the products are rolled out it and the visual components, even the the paid media stuff that I see, I'm like, th- like, it's just... Phenomenal! It's, it's butter. Like the, it's Thank beautiful. Man. Every layer. The models are great. The clothes look fantastic. Every rollout that you guys do, like I feel like there's like the quarterly rollout of like yeah, like the content. It's just like I'm like, damn, they are just crushing it. Um, but more specifically, I've been, I really love, and I think it, it, it's just gonna be one of those projects where it's only gonna grow with time, and and really people are gonna begin to appreciate. But the YouTube series of Always On. I think is you guys are really really onto something. I think it is Netflix grade production, um, and I think it's phenomenal. I know episode one was with Gustavo, professional driver, yep. originally from LA, um, and then I know the second one. Let's go. Being born and raised in Massachusetts, I wasn't a fan of this guy this growing was, up. I got a story for you after this. But yeah. Mariano Rivera, uh, which am I wrong? Were you you were a Yankee fan? Huge growing Yankee up.
0: fan. My dad's from you know Bronx, New York work at Yankee stadium, like, you know, didn't miss a game. You know, I, I grew up during the greatest New York Yankee era ever. Like, you know, I was like 10, 11, 12, you know, and as a kid, those things are so much better than they are as adults, you know? totally. So like I got a group, uh, grew up during that era and just like Yankees was my number one team more than any other team. Um,
1: and Derek Jeter and that. And so Mo was my guy. You wow. Know? So I mean yeah. to to do that piece with him has got to be phenomenal. But I, I'm more curious, like, and I, I suggest anyone out there, if you're listening, check out the YouTube stuff. It's phenomenal. Um, what is what is always on mean to you? What what is what is significance? Especially we're we're seeing the series so early on. I know this is, excuse me, the beginning of it. But what what is the significance of always on to you? So excuse always
0: me. always on was a. Uh, you know, like Nike, just do it. But like, what what was cuts gonna be? And you know, cuts. We're here to offer the most ambitious people. But who who's our community? Our community is those who are like you, the creators, the the business professionals. It's really the new work attire of modern uh of of modern work. That's that's who's wearing our clothing. It's 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 they're they're always on when they're wearing our our, our mm-hmm. shirts. So always on to me means that like no matter what you're doing you're ready to go and you're all you're literally always on um and so you know when we were launching when we launched the the slogan always on we wanted to somewhat find a way to explain it through other stories mm. um and make it more of a like you know pick a pick a creator and explain how they're always on and, w- and what their profession was and and in hopes that it inspires uh, our customers w- when they're about in their day whether it's a tech company or a podcast host or an entrepreneur or a coffee shop baller or a surf shop person um we want them to feel like okay cuts when i put cuts on i'm always on Mm. um but you know this 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 is i'm really we got some like unreal (laughs) guests coming out some some unique ways to shoot it too uh that i'll probably share with you off camera but um you know the mariano Rivera was special to me and we just shot him a random dm and he responded, and his son was like such a fan of cuts, uh, that he was like, "Dad, you got to do this! Wow, like you got to do this." I mean, we got him for a fraction of like what he's probably worth for other companies, but totally. uh, his son was like, "Hey, you know, I, I just want to do it." And um, his son's actually a, a videographer, Japhet, um, I believe what his name is, and just a stud, just a stud young creator. So if you're if you're listening, um, super super pumped for you. But, um, uh, you know, growing up a huge Yankee fan watching, you know, all those championships in the, in the late nineties. Uh, and then again in 29, uh, 2009, when I was a freshman in college, uh, you know, to get Mariano Rivera to, to, to so I got to interview him. Mm. So we, I got to interview him. And then I, part of the interview was like to just play catch and, and, and talk with him, Yeah. So I got to, I like, got to, I got to catch a cutter. Didn't, <laughs> didn't drop a ball. Didn't drop a ball. We went to white Plains went, went out to his house. We're, we we're, we uh, we had to have a small crew of course, like minimal, minimal people. Um, it was like, you know, a hit and run trip, but it was, it was all time. It was like, it was so cool to think. Cause like three years ago to be able to work with like, it was Jeter and him as like my number one, a one B type deal. Yeah. i like anyone yeah. in the world I would want to work with. It was one of those guys, you know? And to have it happen and, you know, it was cool. He looked me in the eye and he was like, you know, when you look at cuts and he said it with his accent, he's like, you guys are all about excellence. And he was explaining, he was talking about the shirts. And I was like, this is epic baby. <laughs> and it was, it was so inspiring. And it really got me like wanting to jump up and down. Cause I was like, who else could I like, I could be interviewing Barack Obama tomorrow. <laughs> you know, like that's the type of like fire it gave me. Yeah, And like, life's all like business is all about momentum. And like early days, momentum was just getting one sale. And then you kind of grind and you're trying to figure it out. Um, Then bringing on your next employee. And when I brought on Carter, Carter started all of a sudden handling all the finances. And then Sean was doing the operations and then Brendan was doing photos. And then as we've added more employees, we've, we've caught momentum. We've also slowed down a little bit. And then, um, but um, with each, we, but you know, I, I guess what I'm trying to say is what, always on has allowed us to do is just really build momentum for the business in ways I, you know, we didn't think would happen.
1: Mm, I love that. Anytime I've worn a cut, whether it's business related going out, I have some of my older shirts that I've rotated out because I just got newer versions of it. Cause I know there's new material. Yeah. They become my workout shirts and never do I not feel always on. I always, I feel good. Like I, I just, I feel in my, in my zone every time I've worn these shirts. And, uh, I mean that's 3 years in it and I Let's still go, I still feel it every time I, I throw it. You got to have like 50. I have too many at this point. The whole, <laughs> literally it's the only shirt that I actually wear out. Like if you go look at my Instagram feed, it's you're all going to see cuts. It's just it's become my like dude, I I'm a big fan of the minimalist approach. Love the actual uh like the fabric whatever this is made out of. I mean it's just it is the only shirt worth wearing. That's not the the not the tagline. No, don't we don't still wear. use that like yeah. we,
0: we look at like we had, we opened up a pop-up in Seattle. How was, it, how's that been? It, it was, uh, it was cool. Cause Amazon, uh, retail partners reached out to us and they're like, Hey, no one's renting this out. We love you guys. Uh, it was a brand new building. Like mm-hmm. there's five, five skyscrapers around this. And they're like, Hey, it's a slow period. No one wants to rent out. We want to like use you guys to market it. We'll give you free rent and free staff for 60 days. And you just bring your shirts there and sell product and do events and you know, whatever. So it was was really cool, uh, experience for us. And we learned a lot about how to do a pop-up, uh, but, and it was, you know, a huge success with, you know, getting, getting to really connect with customers. But the cool part was we had like a, a t-shirt shop and the t-shirt shop of the store was the only shirt worth wearing shop. Mm -hmm. And so like that part, like as we, as our business grows and we get more products and we have a full line, we want to have like the only shirt worth wearing shop as like a section of the store because that's like always who that's like our origin the core and like so the crazy part is we uh there was like there's there was like 700 pieces of things we sent over there and uh i don't maybe i shouldn't say this but i'm gonna say because it'll give good (laughs) context but uh um and and then we were like looking in the store we had the back room we're like wow like a thousand shirts, I think it was close to a thousand shirts actually. It's actually is is a lot of shirts. Like if you put a thousand shirts in this room, it would be a ton whole, of shirts. Yeah, the whole place
1: is gonna stack up.
0: And mm-hmm. me and Ethan are like, damn, we're like selling triple, if not quadruple, of this every single day on our online store. And we're wow. like we're like, damn. <laughs> we're moving units. And it it <laughs> became <laughs> tangible because like online it's just another number. Yeah. Like, you don't even like look at the sales number anymore because I don't nearly look at them like I used to yeah um, but you know because you're, you're thinking quarterly and totally and, and and thinking a little bit more than the day-to-day on sales but it was just cool it was really cool and we were like wow and it made us really want to focus on even more on the quality even more on different fabrics within the t-shirt platform like if we're going to be the greatest t-shirt shop in the world let's 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 increase our like the types of different fabrics that we come out with in that so no one can touch us in shirts so yeah. we have a we we feel like we still have a long way to go even within the t-shirt space to truly be the best and the most diverse um so we're again i i feel like cuts is i ha, like i can close my eyes and, and vision where cuts is going to be in 5 10 years and like what's cool what's so cool is i had this vision of where cuts would be in 3 years and a lot of people ask me could you have ever imagined the success you have and not in a cock—I don't say this in a cocky way—but this is what I, this is what the vision was. It was to grow the businesses at this speed. Um, so, and I did it, and we, or we did it. It was a, a, a huge effort by everyone involved, not just me. Um, but now, when I close my eyes, I'm like, where's Cut's going to be in five, ten years? It's going to be a million dollars business. Like we're we're on that path, and it's it it's now it's not as it it really feels tangible. Like I feel like I'm working in it, mm. and so when you can dream like that and then you do it the confidence it gives you is like I feel like it's magic sauce. It's like it's like when uh in, in, in Space Jam when they're like in the locker room and they're drinking that like water that they think is magic and it's just Michael's normal water. To us, like having that experience and, and and having that vision in the beginning when we had nothing, we didn't raise venture money. I was living at my parents' house. To then having twenty six employees, that's given me truly like magic sauce, mm. like magic juice. Mm. Uh, that like you can't just like get that just from working harder or uh, like you have to have that experience and, and 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 like the reckoning, so to speak. I don't know if reckoning is the right word, but uh, um, so you know, it, it's like. It's going to happen. <laughs> the
1: one word that is just screaming in my mind as I'm listening to you and watching you and just seeing you like emotionally describe this relentless, relentless baby. Just got done reading. I don't know if you ever read the book t- with by Tim Grover. No, I need to. I, I, oh, I need to read. You that. will love it. He was, uh, Jordan's physical trainer, Kobe's. Um, I mean, just, just absolutely. Like it just breaks down. He calls them cleaners. There's three different types of people. There's, there's, uh, coolers there's one more and then there's cleaners and the cleaners there's just, there's no, there's nothing that gets in the way of a cleaner executing. It's that you Kobe Bryant's it's your Michael Jordans. It's the CEO of a business that just continues to show up and do the work. I mean, you're, you are the definition of a cleaner. It's, re, it's just you, absolutely relentless.
0: And okay. I would say cuts is made up of a bunch of cleaners too, though. I agree. Uh, you based know, on e- the, the Ethan, growth. Totally. I, I
1: think in the beginning, in the
0: early days, uh, I think some of the early hires, like I look at some other brands that came out at the same time with us and they struggled. Cause I feel like they didn't have, they didn't hire other cleaners. Yeah. Uh, and we hired a's right out of the gate, like the five guys that we started with Carter running finances. He was a CPA before totally like I'm more demonstrative or maybe demonstrative or I'm more like outgoing with my approach towards being relentless, mm. but Carter is like very quiet, subdued, but he's a killer Sean, who runs our operations, is a killer, and he he's relentless. With just he's taught me so much about business operations, and he worked at Boeing for eight years and's been a stud. Uh, same with Brennan and Ethan, of course, on the marketing side, um, and now with Lisa, this new hire that we brought on from Nike, she's just relentless. And I something when you know about uh, six months ago, I was watching this Elon Musk doc, and he goes, the best managers are the ones that were ridiculously good executors. On all hours of the day, and they realize they can't execute anymore. So then they become good, good managers because they know every ounce of what it takes to execute at a fast and effective manner. Mm-hmm. And so now, when I hire, like I try to put people as a non-manager to start, and then have them grow into one where they're just executing their ass off all day, n- nonstop. And then they realize, okay, I can't do this on my own. I gotta, I gotta. What I, what I've learned on how to do whatever my department is, I'm gonna uh, apply towards this new hire. And we have a couple working now right now that aren't uh, managers yet, but I feel like they're gonna be absolute studs mm. as soon as like our business grows and um, we start seeing success. I mean, today, today we had so many good conversations. And like I, when I was driving here, I was so excited to be here. I was like, this is such a good day. I'm fired up, I'm ready to go. <laughs> but uh, you know, the Q, I always January, February every year is like kinda like, you're you're, you're taking you're taking notes on the last year. You're kind of coming down from your high horse of Q4, where you're just absolutely savaging and taking inventory on every <laughs> on every ounce of the business. Where 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 do we need to get? Where do we need to cut? Where where do we need to add? Where do we need to elevate all of that? And now March is coming, and and I feel like we're we're, we're not not that we were not back because we still grew in those months, but it was like kind of like the the wheels were really grinding. Yeah. Now I feel like there's like you know. Uh, wd-40 in them and it's going <laughs> and uh you know it's cool when now we're, we're talking we're starting to talk to a lot of creators and every one of them's oh dude cuts is such a sick brand i can't wait to work with you versus like th- two years ago it was like eh like what we've created is sick and we and everyone's proud of that and we, we we get in these conversations with our held with our our chin up and ready to go and now we can demand more out of these people like it's somewhat of a privilege to work at cuts. We yes. don't hold that lightly. Like you yes. better, you better bring your a game cause we're always on. You better be always on too. Oof. Um, and so, uh, it, it's just like the last couple of days, especially have been just some, some really good conversations, really good momentum. And, um, the next, the next, the, 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 like, the next tw- <laughs> seven months for whatever the eight months of the year left is going to be amazing. But, um,
1: like, I get, I mean, we're like in the next three years,
0: it's going to be stupid. <laughs>
1: And I'm gonna be able to pull all these clips together from all the podcasts when they're trying to shoot a documentary on cuts. Be like, I got all the content from Burley dropping these gems along. Honestly, it's even gonna the be YouTube, gold, dude. Even I still vividly remember it is pure gold when I was researching you on that first podcast we did. I came across your YouTube channel. Of I'm so all glad of I these did that. Vlogs of you by yourself in the factory. I was like, this man should keep doing this. You have the talent in front of the camera, but I, I, dude, we're bringing him back. Oh. I mean, you've
0: seen. I've, you- seen the B-
1: I've seen some of the BTS stuff. It's yeah. great. I well, think it's awesome. YouTube's gonna be a big because
0: we look at it like an email list that's like video form. Totally. Um like our email list crushes. Imagine if we had that on YouTube, we would be unstoppable. So yeah, like our own channels, it's not, it's a long game. Yeah. I mean, you know this better yeah. than anyone. So we're we're just getting started. Uh, but you know, every week our, our our stats are going up significantly. I mean, it's still so small, but um I get really excited for storytelling. I mean, we have a couple, like we're, we're going to do, we're just going to do some more vlogs and
1: do um, it. You know, at the end of the day, it doesn't even matter how many people are watching. It's going to be documented there forever. If anything, it's going to be great for you to look back on and see the growth. And when you're ready to put together that cuts documentary, you're going to have all this footage. So at the end of the day, it doesn't even matter in the number of plays. It is going to be so well worth it in the long haul of being able to have this process of growing the brand documented and, Yeah, I mean, I know there's more content to come, but it's it's gonna be, it'll be worth it. It,
0: it, We have our 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 strategy is we have our always on, which is our premier content, a little bit more budget behind, uh, you know, big creators. Follow Gustavo, uh, Rob Stroke, uh, uh, Mariano Vera, a bunch of cool. Like what's cool about t-shirts and our product is there is similarities between a a Formula One driver and a closer in MLB and one of the best creators on out there in Rob Stroke they're always on mm. that's like the common trait they're yeah. ready to go yeah. um and so that's like our our grand vision for that premier content that people can get beside excited behind then each one of those has a BTS um and then we do like uh education around our product about wh- how, what's my fit uh talk about the colors and there's campaigns around the colors so genius we're we're, we're using youtube as our own our own channel is so so important us going forward because instagram is i think in terms of like an own channel like it's everyone knows how to do it like the book's written yeah it's but in terms of like growth on that channel i don't i don't think it's as important as uh as youtube not even if you're willing to listen to a uh if you're willing to like dive in for 30 minutes you're going to buy that shirt a hundred times easier than seeing a a bunch of cool photos. Like you can't post enough cool photos.
1: Yeah. You're not going to, everything on YouTube is top tier content. I mean, if you're looking for visual stuff, Instagram's great. You can post stuff there. You can post the final products if you want there. But I think YouTube is a whole different, whole different beast. And I think the opportunities are just endless there. Um, Yeah. I can talk content all day with you, man. Uh, I love it. Kobe Bryant. I know was, you were, you were a big fan of him. Yeah. What does Mamba mentality mean to you? I think you stole
0: it. It's it's relentless. I think um, it's like relentless times passion times love of the game. You know, he, what I, what I loved about and genuine being very genuine. I think what the Mamba meant to Kobe was. Before that happened, and if you watch the documentary of Kobe, you know, and I I, I remember, I I mean, Kobe was like my guy growing up as well. Um, Huge Laker fan. I say that as a, you know, a Yankee and Laker fan. I know people are like, come on, get out of (laughs) here. And and you lived in Washington. But uh, um, I think I I, I wasn't really a Laker fan. I was a Kobe fan. Kobe, you know, when he he was so, when he came into the league, he was so like, you know, he didn't. He's not like these kids now that are very polished. He was just like this kid that loved basketball and was like somewhat showy, and he just was him. He was genuine. Then when the whole like allegations against him and that happened, he he realized like this whole world that he was trying to impress like didn't matter. Like he was just gonna be Kobe, and he was gonna be uh, he was gonna be a savage, and he was gonna do his thing. And I I, I loved like that whole going from holly like hollywood's young star to then being hated by hollywood to then just being like fuck it like i'm kobe and take it or leave it i'm gonna dominate and watch out Mm. um and then he became such a good dad at the end like he was just such a great great inspiration for 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 everyone for any and and, and anything he was he was amazing um yeah when he passed man i that was that was a day you'll never never forget i mean he was my guy i mean that was that was a hard a hard day i remember talking to my dad i had friends basketball coaches calling me because they knew i was such a such a fan i think the hardest part about kobe dying was kobe was like the north star like uh especially late like um derrick and mariano those guys 100 were part of that but i think where kobe was be- he was becoming like a, v- a venture fund mm. you know he had a venture fund he was an investor he was a business mind uh, and unlike those other guys, he, he, you know, he brought his, his mama mentality into the business world and, uh, in a big way, you know, mm-hmm. he won a, 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 a Grammy, right. Yeah, yeah. Uh, he, he had a studio, he did all this business stuff. I he thought, was just getting started, just getting started. And I felt like I was getting so close. Like, I felt like this might've been the year. Like I could have sat down. I even like, I remember in the shower, I, I had like recited what I would even say to him. Like one day I, I would be like. You know, I'm that motherfucker too. Like, I'm <laughs> yeah. look, Like, I saw
1: the Instagram post. I think you it know? was on his birthday that you had posted about, yeah. like, want, wishing that you had that opportunity to say, like, I'm on that same level as you. I wouldn't have, I wouldn't have like balked at him.
0: I wouldn't have like pantered to him. I would have been like myself, and I, I, I would, I just felt like he would have been like, damn, this like this mf or like I, I got to do business <laughs> with this guy. He's coming. He's coming for me. And I felt <laughs> like, like, like even if that wouldn't have happened, having that like tangible. Yeah. We're like okay oh you can reach with Kobe I remember me and Brandon you're you're now CEO we were at a Laker game and you know me and Brandon meet celebrities all the time now we, we're <laughs> yeah, friends no with them big deal. No, not to, the Chise you know, Kings the yeah, Chise Kings we uh, you know more Brandon more so than me but you know th- th- that type of thing doesn't really uh, phase you phases but Kobe we saw him walk we were like dude Kobe, like and he was like not that far from us he was sitting next to Rob uh, and we were like dude that's our guy you know Kobe's here it was cool. And uh for that to happen, man, it was uh it, it was it was tough. I, I think it was it wasn't all sad though. You know, he to see the inspiration that he's caught that he's given to so many people, it was inspiring to me to just always try to be Stephen Borelli as much as I can. Mm. Um I think as you have more success and you have a bigger business, you you try to be, you know, it you know, you you're oftentimes a little more guarded because you maybe either have more to lose or you just don't want to bother too many people. You got a good thing. Um, I think one one of my like v- goals for myself personally is no matter what happens in the next few years, just to continue to be continue to be me mm. unapologetically authentic. Um, obviously that w- with that comes being respectful, being a good uh, boyfriend, you know, being a good boyfriend to my uh, girlfriend, being a good, uh, son to my mom and dad, a good boss. Like I don't, I don't hold that lightly, but also just being me. And uh, I think oftentimes like in today's culture that, that can be hard at times. You you know, you feel like the whole world's kind of walking on eggshells to not piss anyone off. Um, uh, but, um, you know, Kobe, Kobe was himself yeah. and that's why people loved him. And that's why, um, he has this, uh, this undenying pat, like people go nuts over Kobe, Kobe because of his, because of that approach. um, and I think there's other examples of that too to kind of go on a tangent of why I think that's so important is like who had the best 2020 as a personality your your boy you know
1: who Matt Deville?
0: No or uh El Prez, Boston guy. Oh, oh my god. He yeah, had, you're right. He had the best 2020. You're right. He 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 won. He did an amazing thing with the charity. I think I don't even know what it's at million 30 40 million dollars right. he raised. But he also like just was himself and he like it was a little risky at times what he said, mm-hmm. but he kind of was the voice of the people. Yeah, you know, and sure, not maybe not everything he said I agree with, but he was himself, and I think I look up I look up to him in that to have that much have that big a cojones. Yeah. I mean, he he could have <laughs> lost, you know, sponsors. I'm sure he did, you know, with things he said that maybe you know not everyone agreed with. Um, but I also think he also rose to unimaginable heights because more people are like I gotta I gotta be a part of what this guy is doing. Yeah, and so with you know. That that's that's like the big goal for me moving forward.
1: Stay authentic to you. Yep. Yeah, I uh, I didn't. I hate to say this. I mean, I I watched Kobe growing up because mm-hmm. Boston watching. You know, I, I remember watching the these Lakers games in the low lights of L.A. and just dreaming of living in L.A. someday. Um, and you know, I I saw him as the as the phenomenal player that he was, but it wasn't until he after he left the league. And he started doing more interviews, and I started watching these interviews and i I grew so much appreciation for who he really was and Obviously, I'd see the skill set on the court but i I didn't understand i didn't even take the moment to think about what it took for him to get to that level and how meticulous he was with everything, and just so dialed in on his career and the steps that needed he needed to 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 take to get to that level it I I, I grew to appreciate him so much more post career and then seeing, um, you know, seeing him pass. I was just like, wow, the legacy, just absolute legacy. Yeah. He was, he was, uh,
0: yeah, he he was the man. I mean, I I, I could go on. Yeah,
1: I know. I don't, I don't want to keep, uh, keep jumping on that. You did bring up Brandon Cohen. Um, and you know, I think you and him are very much cut from the same cloth. I, I'll never forget that group pod, me, you, him, and, and, uh, pinsker i think that's gonna go down yeah that'll be fun to watch in years years now. years i remember actually when we first got when i first got connected to you and brandon it was probably within like a six to eight week yeah. where I, I think i got met i met you and then you were like yo you got to meet this dude bc this dude brandon and then i got put on to brandon that was a fun time yeah like when
0: i look back like that one man two man show growing the business in la yeah like la was popping not yeah. you know COVID, i mean it'll, it'll pop again but it, you know it was just like things were moving yeah. and you just felt like you were part of this wave. And, uh, I hope we get back there soon, which I'm, I know we will, but uh, it was, it was fun. I was meeting so many new people. I met you. I met Brandon. Yeah. And I became better friends
1: with Blake. You know,
0: it was just so a different. Up. life. It was, it was, a, a, diff- different it was life. a different, different life. Dude, you, Every I, weekend you were meeting new ones.
1: I remember you, you would send, uh, I think me and Brandon were in a group in, in a chat with you on Instagram and you would send like going into like the gym at like 16, like yeah. let's go. But I'm, I'm curious. Uh, Either directly or indirectly, what's one of the greatest lessons you've learned from him? Seeing him grow with Liquid IV, and I know, I think you've always said like we're just twelve to eighteen months behind, like yeah. we're, we're coming like for that level. But what's what's been one of the greatest lessons you've learned learned from him?
0: Man, I, I've uh, I've learned so much for Brandon. Brandon's been, uh, you know, kind of like a big brother um, to me during the, the early pandemic. We got sugarfish on the weekends, and we didn't see anyone. It was you know, from March to June. It was just myself my girlfriend, Leslie and Brandon, just hanging out. Um, but I think Brandon, he, he's been so inspira- uh, inspirational in like, okay, I'll give you a story. I was at WeWork. He came to my WeWork office and I was helping him with influencer campaigns. And then he was helping me with just like, whether to fundraise or like how to, how to be a CEO sort of in the beginning. And one day he was like, I, I wasn't paying for parking in WeWork cause it was 200 bucks a month. Uh, and I was like, you know, I don't need that cause I can park on the street. And when me and him, I, I picked him up when we go to, WeWork, and I park on, he's like, dude, why are we not parking in the the garage? And he, and he was like, and, and I had a shitty computer cause I didn't want to spend the money on a nice computer. And he, Brandon was like, dude, he's like, spend the money on the computer, get the parking pass. It's time <laughs> to go. Let's fucking go get all the stuff. Like, like, don't worry about that small stuff anymore. Like you, like like think a little bit bigger with uh with being a CEO you're a ceo now you know so um just like opening my mind up of how, like quick decision making th- like kind of zoom out a little bit um you know always never miss your targets you know he taught me rocks and sand and now it's mm-hmm. a it's a core function that i preach now to, to to our business too so i mean the lessons go on but i know that that one lesson i've just like getting the parking spot, getting the computer and like going, like it was just such a good analogy for like other areas of the business and like a light bulb went off. Um, uh, which was, which was really important. I I would say another story too, that he did, me and him went to a dinner. I think cuts was around a $2 million business. We were, we were small. We had like, I think I was the only full-time employee and we went to this dinner with all these entrepreneurs and, um, you know, there was, there was all these people around and, everyone had these ideas and this one idea came up and I was like, dude, I could do that. Like I could crush these guys in it. (laughs) And he was like, dude, you got a good thing, stay focused and just do that. Mm. And so he, he's been just a good sounding board for a million things, not just these, uh, whether it's stay focused or think big or, um, you know, and and I know I've helped him in, in ways as well. Um, it's, it's always, you know, mutually beneficial and, um, just been, you know, when you're a CEO can be a lonely place sometimes because you, you can often feel like you're not needed anymore or you're, you're needed too much or no one can relate because no one has that full perspective necessarily. And having another, uh, uh, uh someone who's been in that situation and just, Hey, mm. how, how would you take this situation? Um, Hey, I need your help on this. Uh, what do you think? It, it, it's, it's invaluable. Um, and it also kind of gives you a level of confidence, like, okay, the stuff I'm dealing with isn't just like me. It's not a Steven issue. It's just a CEO issue. So that's been, been a big, been a big part. And he's been a big, uh, definitely a big reason of like my good mental health. I think having him has helped a lot.
1: Yeah. I have nothing but good things to say about him and, and, about him. and uh, you guys very much are cut from the same cloth and, uh, feel very fortunate to have met people like yourself, Brandon, Blakey, all these amazing, incredible entrepreneurs along the way, because uh, you guys, you guys all do your own thing, whether Brandon's with the hydration and you're with cuts and clothing and, you know, um, you know, Blake's moved on to now paid media and doing a lot of advertising. It's uh, it's inspirational just to see your guys growth, even in, the, in these past couple of years, because um, it's, it's just, it's just the, it, it, it fuels to the fire inside me. And I think, even just the people that have been listening to some of these podcasts over the years, where it's like they see the growth and they see the possibility, and it's not unattainable. It's it, you guys are all doing it. It's even though I'm not in that space of of building uh, a world class premium men's clothing brand, like I could be a premium podcaster. You know, yeah. so it's it's seeing it's just seeing the growth, man. I was really I have been fired up to have you come in because uh, I just see how hard you work and I see the results. And I know you're just fucking getting started. So it's just like this constant, like, he's only going to keep winning. He's only going to keep growing. I want to, I want to document this journey along with him because I know it's just going to be a rocket ship. And, you know, hopefully, uh, the next time we, we chat, uh, I'll be sitting in a fucking big time studio and multiple cameras and I know you're going to get there, man. Like,
0: I think, uh, you know, I remember when, when you started at liquid IV, I remember telling Brad, I was like, ah. I remember joking around about it. I was like, you got him right before I was like, I literally <laughs> called him. I was like, you mother, you know, you got, you got Bobby right before, uh, we were thinking, it. I think I even was texting you about it a little we bit. Might have,
1: we might've, we might've been like
0: around that 10, 10 size, like, or like about a year ago, yeah, you know? Yeah. Um,
1: but, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm pumped to see whatever you do next. I appreciate that, man. Uh, a couple quick cues and then we'll kind of wrap yeah. up. Um, crucial daily routines or habits to help, to help you operate at your highest level.
0: Try to go to bed early. Like I'm in, I'm like trying to like on good nights. I try to go to bed at like 8:30. Mm-hmm. Um, i I drink a lot of lemon water when I wake up and when I go to bed. Like
1: literally, just water with squeezed lemon. Yeah, nice. uh, and
0: and warm. Like, uh, like I put. I usually get it hot and then I let it sit and then I drink it. Nice. Um, something about that in the morning just like puts me in a good spot before I go to bed in the morning. Um, I try not to look at my phone at night. That's been a big hack the nights I like physically leave my phone in the other room, Mm. like it's a mental thing. Separate it. It's done. Yeah. No questions. No questions. Um, I have like one of those lights that's like a, it's like a sunlight. Oh, I've
1: seen those before. Works well.
0: Oh, it's, it's a more natural way to wake up. Like, you know, when you, when the human race was like in the early days, they would wake up with the light. That's like, that's the way you like your body's trained to wake up. So, um, it it works well. Mm. So it, it, and it's not like a, light in it one second It warms its way it warms, yeah, it's yeah, like a, it's like a soft to a bright light totally and then at the very end of it if you don't wake up it there's a sound um so that that's just kind of like some quick little hacks that i would fully recommend no phone in the room at night this sunlight when you wake up in the morning um and then uh, uh, oh, uh what was what was the question uh
1: hacks that help you oh. in like daily H- H- one you one book. Your highest level. If
0: you're running an organization, run, read OKRs by John Doors. Mm. Uh, what is OKR stand for? I know it's like it's like uh, um, it's like measuring what matters. Totally. Yeah. yeah. Uh, object objectives and key results. Yes. Is what, it, uh, yep. what it means, um, but uh, it's just great for organization building, and it allows everyone to understand what matters and why it matters. Mm. And the why is really important for for managers because if you don't have a why then they don't know how to do the next thing. They're just doing the single thing. They don't need to, they don't know how to optimize and and think and think for themselves, but when they when the why is unlocked, they can be like, "Okay, I want to fill this glass up because a guy is thirsty." Well, maybe we'll throw a liquid IV in it to get more. Like you can just it goes deeper than just doing things. It's mm-hmm. it's the why behind it. So that's been a huge unlock of our uh, of our success and and honestly, every business is out there that's like of a size is doing something like OKRs. So it's not like that's rocket science, but uh um pretty pretty much a lot, a lot of the big tech companies do it, but
1: um that's a good book recommendation, any podcast recommendation that you listen to regularly?
0: You know, I I, I I've been so busy this last year, just haven't been uh reading or uh listening to as many podcasts as I
1: had, but um I
0: would say it's the A Man <laughs> podcast. Oh you gotta listen God. to that one.
1: Yeah, he's gotta listen to that one. <laughs> Plugging me up. You're you're a good guy. Um, what is an area of your life you need to put more effort into? That's a great one. Um,
0: you know, probably you know, spending more time with my uh, family. This last year was tough with COVID, and you got in a work mode, and you weren't sure if it was okay to see your parents. Uh, my sisters, uh, one had a baby, uh, my, my older sister had a baby, Michelangelo, and then my uh, twin sister is going to have a baby. So I think this year just, you know, I see my mom and dad a good amount of times, but I think seeing my brothers and sisters as they begin to have their own families, make sure I spend time with them. I wouldn't say family. I, I didn't need to work on it, but it's just, it's going to be, I think as I get older, I realize like it's never enough time. Yeah. You know, you, th- there's always more, there's always more time more time with them is, is always better.
1: Yeah. I think uh, a big change since we last spoke is the happiness and joy. Leslie has brought into your life. Mm-hmm. Um, absolutely. How, how important has that been for you? I mean, I didn't have a girl f- for all those guys out there who like, you're standing across the guy that's been single since high school. Yeah. You know what I mean like a decade. So a girls probably like, fuck this. I'm no, I mean, of this guy. I was,
0: I had a, <coughs> I had a, uh, a couple of small girlfriends in college, but, uh, um, you know, it was, you know, I was grinding, you know, for, from, you know, call it from 24 to 28, mm-hmm. that range or, you know, 22 to 28, uh, coming to new cities. I was living at home and, uh, you know, I always said, she's my little angel. God took care of me. You know, he put her in the, in my life at the right time. You know, with the, I always like, it, it was literally the perfect time because I, um, um, just, the pandemic haven't heard of, mm-hmm. you know, the business was at a more stable po- point where like, I wasn't having to, like, I, even though balance. I work,
1: you had balance. Yeah.
0: I have balance for the first time, even though I still work 10 hour days all the time. Um, I can, you know, having, um, her to, you know, give me that balance has been, been huge and she's, she's awesome.
1: That's awesome. Yeah, I, I think uh, early on, it probably wouldn't have been ideal for you because you have to put out every single fire and yeah. you're in, you're, in, you're responsible for every single thing that comes inbound for cuts, but you get to a place where you have people that are there to help scale and grow that handle some of those fires for you. Yeah. It gives you that space to actually um, to have that relationship. And I, I can tell from afar, it's definitely- she She's, I, we, we work out. Uh, she definitely over, she probably run like, you have to keep up with yeah, her yeah. pace when running, crushes. right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. she's great. She's putting up like 650 miles. Yeah, yeah, like crawling at eight minute miles. She,
0: her and her twin sister are, she has an identical twin sister, wow. two cute blondes, uh, single. from Colorado. Just letting you know. <laughs> yeah, she's, she's single. <laughs> All right? Actually, actually not Parker. Yeah. She, she's dating this guy, Parker, but, uh, um, uh, yeah, no, uh, so they're, they're somewhat competitive. So it, it, it's, uh, she's, she's just always working hard and, uh, you know, kicks my ass at athletic <laughs> things.
1: <laughs> I, I love that. Um, what's the first step anyone can take to reaching their inner potential?
0: Be themselves. I think you had you ha- like, when I look back, like I was working at a job and I couldn't be myself there. Mm. So that was like the first step. Like I had to do something where I could be Steven Borelli and then picking something that's tangible that you have the skills to do is really important. Cause I think so many times young entrepreneurs don't think as tangible enough, like they need to like what you're 24. What are the skills you have in your life as of today? Or ones you tangent, like, like for me, I knew I I thought I could teach myself e-commerce and and manufacturing, like those are things that didn't seem without of the realm, but if it was aerospace I wanted to do, there's a debate if i my mind was right for that, you know um so like i so be yourself, do something that you can be you, and that um something that you're can be t- uh that's tangible that your skill sets have the ability to do, and that you have an unrelentless un- or very relentless passion towards. Um, is, is really important and, and it is going to be cliche, but, uh, you just have to have a mindset. Like, it's just not going to fail. Like, I know I say like cuts is going to a billion and people are like, "Yeah, yeah, yeah, I'm sure. But you know it's going to happen. Like, uh, you know, that, that's the mindset we're, uh, we're going there. We're, that's what we're planning on. And when I get there, I'm not going to be wondering how it happened. I'm going to, I'm going to say, look at, listen to that podcast in the Beaterman. That's the vision. Like have, you got to be able to have vision You yeah. know, as that, the last thing. You got to be able to like, see it. Like, you know, I close my eyes. I, I can physically like see the, the office, the, the employees, like the, the work I'm doing, all the stuff that we get to produce. Uh, I can see it. Like, You got to be able to see it. Um, and, you know, you'll get there. I mean, there's a million other things I could say of yeah. get starting yourself with the best people. But if you can see the vision and that vision inspires you, that should give you, like, the enough motivation to get through any little. Like, the stuff I used to worry about two years ago is nothing now. Yeah. And now, like, um, you know, that that's allowed me to push through things that I thought were immovable objects.
1: Yeah. You got to see it before the world does. And you are absolutely a cleaner. Brelly. Let's go. Baby. Um, as we wrap up, I always allow the guests to put a challenge out there to the listeners. So if they made it this far on like their that. podcast, what's a challenge that you have for them? Anything that you want. A challenge. A challenge. Just a challenge.
0: Give me a sec. I got yeah. a good one. No, coming. it's good.
1: Take, take a second. I, I like doing these challenges to keep thinking. I'm just going to give you some yeah. airspace, but I like doing the challenges. Cause so many times we listen to podcasts and we don't know what's the next best step. We get inspired or we, you know, we have all these ideas or whatever it might be, but there's always one thing. It could be going to sleep earlier tonight. It could I got be one. getting your health checked in. What is uh, the challenge you have for listeners?
0: The challenge is to wake up whether uh, a piece of paper And just write out tomorrow, like do it tomorrow, write out where you want to, where you want your life to look like when you're 40. I mean, even, even people I'm close with, I'm like, they're making decisions now. And each year that goes by, I'm like, have you like, how does that stack up against what, where you want to be when you're 40 Mm. or 50 and work backwards and people don't do that enough. And I'm like, I'm like, sometimes I have to scream at like family members or cousins or whatever and be like, are you like, did you, did you work this through? Did you, did you vision this out? Are you just doing it because it's there or it sounds good? Like, does this true tree up to where you want your life to be when you're 40? Mm. And, uh, you know i would say do it in a professional sense i i think it's actually harmful if you do this in a personal relationship way cuz that will happen when it happens but like in a professional sense like your career i think you have to just write up where you want to be and work backwards yeah um, and and, may, and like it's going to it might sting and you might be like fuck i'm doing the wrong thing or uh this is daunting but it's better to have it daunting now because time is on your side no matter how old you are it's better now than in 5 years yeah. right so uh, try to work backwards of how you want to be and, and just like pin it up and put it on your wall. And I think it'll lead you towards making the right choice, uh, for your, your next step.
1: Yeah. I love that. At least it's giving you some direction. And like you said, it can be a sting, but that sting is going to eventually go away and it's going to course correct you to don't the let that sting
0: hurt you. Think of it as a blessing. Yeah. Like really think of it as a blessing. I mean, when I was working at my job at an advertising agency, I remember going to my boss office like, all right, Hey, I remember sat down with this guy, Brian. I was like, Hey, Brian, um, you know, what, uh, what should I do? Um, like if I get a promotion, where's the promotion going to lead me? And he goes, well, you know, next year you'll, you'll make, I was making like 30 K you'll make 40, 50 K if you get this role. And if you get promoted, you know, 70, and then, you know, like in a couple years, you know, maybe you'll make like 110, like when you're 30 or something. And, you know, and I was like, I remember, I remember I literally said to him, I was like, that's like, that's like the best I got here. Like that's, that's it. And then in that moment I was like, I got, this is, this, this isn't it. This is not it. Like, this is not going to lead me down to something that I'm happy with. Like the incremental 20K would have been a, been, been cool in the moment, but then it would have died fast. Like, like money to me is like, you know, obviously I like it to say like the increase in pay over the years hasn't been good. That that's a lie, but the ability to like take shots and swing for the fences is like, I have to have that in work. I have mm-hmm. to have the ability like to wake up and, and like be, try to be a billion dollar business. Like if I didn't have that, I would be like, I'm in the wrong arena. Yeah. Like I have to shoot <laughs> in an arena. That's going to allow me to be a billion dollar brand one day, even yeah. if it never happens. I'm in that arena and I'm, and I'm, and I'm, and I'm up at bat. Yeah. Like that's, what's great about business as opposed to like being a professional athlete. Like I'm in, and in, in in terms of like my field of like e-commerce fashion like i'm in the pros yeah like i'm 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 there i may not be a nike yet but like we're there and i think it's totally possible for us to go do it yeah so um yeah like get in that arena yeah get in that arena
1: i love that Burley. it has been an absolute pleasure to sit down with you i know you're an extremely busy guy i see the girl from afar i see you just absolutely crushing it with cuts and every and the team around you um but i i genuinely man i i really appreciate you and uh you are one of the many great people that my first podcast purpose in the youth allowed me to meet and it, it isn't until years later where i realized and really appreciated that first podcast and that first um journey of mine of getting to the creative path creative career it was like that vehicle kept driving because of people like you who kept saying yes, who kept driving out to the Valley 45 minutes when your office is down here. And so, uh, I have nothing but good things to say about you. And I just love seeing you win. And it inspires me. And, uh, it's an honor to hear, have you here today. And I can't wait to do chapter three. Can't at some wait to point. Do this
0: again. And, and same goes for you, man. Like, uh, when I think of Gary V, I think of Bob, a, you know, like that type of a hustle, like you're, you're the real deal. And, uh, you're going to go far with that mindset and and look i mean you've already uh, come so far since that those that bedroom days yeah, I'm, yeah. I'm glad we're still in, the bedroom, <laughs> still in the bedroom but it's it's bedroom it's 3.0 baby bedroom baby <laughs> bedroom 3.0 uh, so i can't wait till that studios built and i can't wait to do a couple more of these every yeah. every year we we got to do this yeah. to
1: 100, be fun. 100% 100% uh, ladies and gentlemen, if you enjoy this podcast please screenshot this episode Post it to your IG story. Tag Stephen at Stephen Borelli. That's B O R R E L L I, and tag Cuts at C U T S.
0: And if you do that, and you you got to remind me though, and I may not look at it right away. If you if you post it for Bobby, tag us. I'll, I'll send you a free shirt. If, if you're listening right now, you get a free shirt Ooh.
1: if you do it. just DM you directly? DM. But uh, they have to post a story. They have to post a story. Okay, they have to post a story. <laughs> they have to post a story. Uh, and, and,
0: and, and, and remind me, hey, you promised, like say that so I don't forget because I'll probably forget. <laughs> and and uh, like then screenshot your story and then send it in a message and yeah and remind me and i'll, I'll get one to you I, I have a whole assistant now that just sends out oh that's boom, incredible boom, well, I, I appreciate that i've given away a ton of shirts i can't wait for you to do this but screenshot it put it live get it's the bearded man podcast to go viral let's go
1: ladies and gentlemen it's the bearded man podcast thanks for tuning in Barelli. absolute pleasure brother all right pleasure see you
0: Well, hey, if it goes viral,
1: I'm going to have to sell a lot of shirts.